The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It is the APC podcast again here at AcmePackingCompany.com. Part of SB Nation, Fox Media, all that fun stuff. It's the offseason. Officially now, there was a Super Bowl. Someone won. Cleveland, maybe. I'm not, I'm not too sure. I am Zach Rapport. Hey. Hey. Hey, Ben. Ben Foldy. I'm Ben Foldy. And uh, where's Alex? He's gone. Mm. I like the again, though. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> We're back again. Yeah, it's we like... We are us again. You happen to click on this again. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you are uh, subscribed, in which uh, case we thank you. Um, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, wherever podcasts are found, at the APC Pod on Twitter. Lots of uh, nonsense going down there. Uh, we are going to talk uh, in a little bit about, we're going to have a cut candidate conversation. It's good alliteration. We're going to hit on some some news items, but first, Ben, it's been a little while since uh, you and I have been sitting in the big chairs here. How are you doing? I'm good, working hard, not getting much time to pay attention to football because I'm covering banks and real estate and all sorts of other stuff. Exciting stuff in uh, in New York today. Yesterday. It's going to go online tomorrow, right? So. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Okay. Yesterday. Podcast world forgot about that. You're wearing a very holiday-appropriate tie. It is Valentine's Day. Is it holiday-appropriate? Eh, it's pink. Oh, it's got food on it. Uh-oh. Oh, no. It's got, like, a hole in it. Fucking, sorry. It's my cat. <laughs> it's my goddamn cat. You look very it's a great dapper. tie, though. I love this tie. Yeah, the jacket looks nice. You're all, you're all suited up, man. You're kitted up. Yeah. You look good. I got to, you know, I'm looking forward to the draft, getting getting selected, hearing my name called. <laughs> I'm happy to spend Valentine's Day here with you, my one true love. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Have you announced your big change to the listenership? Uh, I haven't. I guess I'll do that yeah. now on well, the podcast. Well, I mean, if you want to. I don't know what your, like, rules are. There's no rules. There's no... It's not embargoed? No. Okay. No no embargo. My wife and I are moving to Albuquerque, New Mexico. You have to either put in Neil Young or, or Weird, Weird Al. Al. Yeah, Weird Al. Wherever that is going to come up. <laughs> uh, we'll insert Weird Al now. Okay, and we're back. <laughs> Um, yeah, so at the end of the month in March, we are going to move out there. And uh, don't worry, everyone, we are still going to do the podcast. It was remote before. It will be remote again. And uh, if anything, this uh, I'm optimistic that this will actually allow me to create more content because I'll be working remotely as well. And uh, I'll just live 
at my desk in my office until I become like physically fused to the chair. Content machine. That's that's the world we live in, man. All content, all the time. Eyeballs. It'll be you and the Democratic candidate 2020, neck and neck (laughs) for like eyeballs. And ear holes. You. Uh, Yeah. Well, go on. It's a it's a it's a podcast after all. Uh, Should we get into some some Packers news? Yeah, I honestly. Tell me what's up with the Packers, because I don't know. You've been that's, checked out, man. You've been a busy guy. That's not really guy. true. I, I vaguely know what's up with the Packers. I just want to hit There's on... some, like, meh coaching hires. Like, I don't know. Everything's fine. Yeah, the, the, one, uh, the one theme I noticed with the coaching hires is that the Packers seem intent on hiring people who look like uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin at various life stages. <laughs> Young white dudes. Yeah. yeah. Usually bald. Some pudgier than others. <laughs> Yeah. That's Nathaniel Hackett. That's, uh, I don't know, just Google it. They're actually going to have an, a formal announcement of the official full coaching staff in the next couple of days, maybe early next week. And it's just going to be like 12 pictures of bald guys. I don't think I've been on the show since Joe Witt was let go. So I feel like I, I need to give him a... Give me a take. No, there's no take. I just want to like, you know, voice my appreciation for his years of service. And and I, basically all the coaches who got left go let go, even Zook. Really? Yeah, he provided the yucks. Nah, he's water skiing out in, out in Lake Winnebago. He's doing okay. Yeah, no, I just, like, you know, you need a little levity now and again, and Ron Zook was always good for a laugh. <sighs> was he? He was always good for... No, I mean, not, I don't mean his, like, press conferences. I mean, like, his, the actual performance of the special teams. <laughs> that made you laugh? Yeah. <sighs> I, like, I don't, I feel like the listenership either has not understood this or I haven't made it clear. Like, I have almost as fun watching a bad football team as I do a good football team. Man, you are a strange beast. Yo, I watched two good football teams play in that Super Bowl. It was awful. Yeah, you also, uh, when you were a hockey fan, watched the worst hockey team, right? It's true. I had one year of watching the worst team on, in it's technically, I believe, the third worst team, but they were just unwatchable, and I had to watch 82 games of them, and I learned how to amuse myself. Okay, moving on. Yeah. We'll hit a couple news Despair. items here. Yeah. <laughs> the first up, and there's no fun way to transition to this, but I did want to touch on Cole Madison uh, because Michael Cohen actually dropped a piece at The Athletic earlier this week, which shed, shed some light on his situation and really just sort of validated something that I think we all had uh, a hunch about. And that is the the reason for his absence from the team. Um, I encourage everyone to go read the read the article. I'm not sure the source is unnamed. His language is not sensitive. But what we did learn was that uh, Cole Madison's absence from the team was indeed um, sort of him reevaluating his career and and life post the tragic suicide of of his teammate and, and good friend, actually. Um, after that depth, um, that player was posthumously diagnosed with CTE, and that obviously is something that uh, was weighing very heavily on his mind and continues to do so. So that is, uh, I don't want to say new information, but now confirmed didn't, didn't information. Didn't the article seem to imply that he would be coming back, though? No. Or did I misread it? The source, uh, from what I read, the source um, that Cohen talked to was not optimistic. Oh, Okay. Anyway, whatever Cole Madison decides to do, I hope it is for the best. Totally, for him. totally agree. And uh, I don't know if you if you are out there and you are listening to this podcast and and you are someone who thinks that he needs to like 
man up, quote unquote, or get over it, or that he is like a, a it's not waste your of money. a draft pick. Or, it's yeah, not your money. All that stuff. That is, that is the fundamental, like, do not even go there. Yeah. In fact, I would go even a step further and say, this is not the show for you. <laughs> for you. I mean, I whatever. Yeah. But it's not your money. Don't don't act like this. It's just like don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. Yeah, that's that's like one of our official slogans. I feel like anyway. Yeah. Um, okay. Up to a, a, a off to a a lighter topic before we get into our cut conversation. Antonio Brown. What about him? Hey. So uh, you know he's had sort of a strange parade of Is public appearances. Uh, yeah. he, he might be losing. It. It's true. He does appear to be in a weird way, and he's uh, like. Kanye-esque, almost. Well, while a lot of, you know, what is really going on with him and between him and the Steelers kind of remains a mystery, the one thing that he has made crystal clear is that he wants out of there. So now, of course, enter stage left, the cascade of articles out there on the Packers blogosphere detailing the case for trading for Antonio Brown. Um, I think the most even-keeled that I've seen is from Peter Bukowski up um, on our own site at acmepackingcompany.com. The headline is a Packers trade for Antonio Brown is unlikely, but makes sense depending on the price. And I'll quote here. He does, um, Peter goes into a little bit about the contract situation, and then he says, quote, trading for Brown presents a pay-as-you-go option for an elite playmaker. If he's annoying, trade him. If he makes it through the year and he wants a new deal and the team doesn't want to pay, cut him. But if he finds a home in Green Bay, one where he feels appreciated and happy, maybe the team gets a player who gives them the receiving impact they need for a reasonable price, end quote. And I think that Peter's use of the word reasonable here is, of course, meant to be relative to Brown's abilities, which are, are still all pro. Do you have a take on that, Ben? Um, I'm looking at a picture that was posted to Twitter by Antonio Brown. Uh... When was this? Uh, what's today? The 14th, uh, 20, four days ago. And it's him and I believe Post Malone and a guy who looks like Luca Brazzi wearing a tuxedo. That checks out. How, they're standing in a parking lot, it appears. I, I, I'm going to go with, oh, he's probably at the Grammys, but I'm going to go with a no. <laughs> I, I do not want Antonio Brown. I think he could be a fit in that. I think that he's shown that he can be a very good uh, component of a kind of 1A, 1B wide receiver offense, and I think him and Devontae would do great things together. But I just don't think that's really where the team needs like drastic improvement of that sort of type. And I do think the chemistry issue could be uh, somewhat severe. But I'm also, like, I'm kind of on Team Antonio Brown. If it's Antonio Brown versus Ben Roethlisberger, which it kind of seems like it is, like Ben Roethlisberger, not my favorite. Yeah, that's kind of, I think, an undercovered aspect of this whole story is that I I think that there's some friction there between the wide receiver and the quarterback. And uh, as, as odd as Brown's behavior may seem, if it's between the two of them, I'm taking his side. Yeah, and I just, I also don't believe that, you know, bringing in a whole new coaching staff, I don't feel like it's a useful use of everybody's energy to, like, deal with kind of integrating a big new ego. Like, deal with the egos you have in the room already. What egos? There are no egos in the Packers locker room. Figure out what you have before you drastically change, like... I don't, I don't, I don't see like a, a lot of positives there, and I'm, and I don't, and I don't mean that necessarily just from a um, intangible perspective either. Like I just, I just don't think that he's what the Packers need um, on the field. 
Just like I don't think Le'Veon Bell would be a good use of the Packers' resources right yeah, now. Yeah, agreed. As ever, Mr. Reasonable, Ben um, And And, you know, my other reason I don't, I'm not that interested will will come up in the cut conversation again, but I, I'm just, like, I don't see a huge reason to, in, like, free agent wide receiver or trade traded wide receivers, like, usually not that much of, an, of a value add. And, you know, the age curve, he's on the wrong side of the age curve. I'm happy to uh, look elsewhere. All right. We'll leave it at that. And you mentioned the cut conversation. Why don't we just get right into that? You know, this time of year, we've got the combine coming up, uh, the start of free agency in earnest a little bit later, uh, but kind of what gets lost in the shuffle between the shiny new rookies and the elite free agents are are these players that, uh, that get cut cap casualties, age casualties, coaching philosophy, change casualties. There's this whole group of players that could wind up on the street um, and they don't get the sexy articles written about them. And uh, Greg Rosenthal has two pieces up right now at NFL.com. There is one for the AFC and one for the NFC sort of detailing who some of these possible cut candidates are. Uh, It's a fun read, especially in an offseason where there's a a lot of crap content out there, (laughs) frankly. Uh, So I encourage you guys to go check that out. Um, before we get into who we think might be a good fit for the Packers, should they find themselves in need of a job, I wanted to start with one notable Packer to make this list, and that's Nick Perry. Um, we, we know him. Some of us love him. Some of us don't. He's paid well. He's struggled with injuries, and he has struggled to produce consistently. Ben, is it a foregone conclusion that Perry is, is on the street? I don't think it's a foregone conclusion. I think there's... Depending on what is known inside the locker room about his physical condition, yeah. like they could have a totally reasonable expectation that he would perform up to his contract this year when he couldn't last year. I think Matthews is as or more likely a cut candidate. And he's just I mean, what what's the what's the does it does it have the savings? Three point three million. Oh, so there would be a cap savings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. I mean are you really going to do something with $3.9 million that's better than like a fully operational Nick Perry? I don't. Probably not, is my guess. <laughs> uh, knowing the Packers? Mm, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not, he's not somebody who, if they do cut, I'm like super, you know, I'm not frickled. But uh, what are you going to do? What are they going to do? That's well, the yeah, question. Like, I mean, and that's, we will that's find that's out. That's the offseason uh, mantra. And we're doing the dance. Moving on. Uh, Deshaun Jackson. I thought this was interesting. Also makes Greg Rosenthal's list. He is uh, openly wants out of of Tampa. He can still ball. I think he proved that last year. And the the Packers do have some good young talent at wide receiver. But uh, what do you think about bringing in sort of a plug and play veteran that might have some gas left in the tank? I don't think he is the one I would want. No, no. Um, I think he's what thirty two, thirty three. He's on the again on the wrong side of the age curve. Um, he costs a fair amount of money. I don't know that what he would bring to the table as a deep threat is all that different than what you already have in Marquez Valdez Scanting. And I definitely don't think he's uh, all that different from what you'd get in uh, Tyrell Williams hmm. or, you know, a younger, cheaper threat. But, like, you know, I just don't see that much of a value add there for the Packers. I have been on Team Equinemia St. Brown for a while, and I'm still like pretty standing on that team. I think of all the receivers, I think he's the one 
to take a, a quote unquote second year leap. Can we if, say that I don't now know if that's that still McCarthy's? A thing, but I mean, <laughs> and I think that MVS is is you know also a fine deep threat. You stand these young guys, man. I don't see. I'm trying to think of what we know of Lafleur's uh, offenses. Like he didn't have that much of a deep threat in Tennessee, and. His offense wasn't really built around that at all. And in San Francisco, if he was there two years ago, which I think he was, he had Marquise Goodwin, who would be interesting to go back and look at his. But yeah, I just, I don't see the pack. Like, again, it's like, it's, it's, it's the same thing with, with Antonio Bryant, but to like a lesser extent, it's like, I just don't see the value added. And I'm probably higher than most fans on Equinemius St. Brown. I do think the Packers may well take a second round Ted Thompson wide receiver special. He's still a scout for them, apparently. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and I don't have a problem with that, but I don't I don't see a lot of value in these kind of bolt on acquisitions. Okay, as I am now a financial journalist who says things like bolt on acquisitions. He's Michael bolt on acquisitions. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. The, uh, sorry. No, it's okay. Had to do it. The another interesting name that I saw was Raiders guard Kalechi Osemele. Uh, could be a bit of a Jari Evans situation. You know, he's solid enough, but getting older, if he gets cut, he could uh, come into Green Bay and maybe spell some of those question marks that we saw at the position last year. That would, like, those are the kind of pickups that make more sense. Like, where a team cuts somebody at a position where you are either, you want them to be competing for a starting job, but not necessarily, like, given the starting job. You know what I mean? And that you also have a backup at a position of, like, I just don't see Deshaun fitting that, but I think you know, a good, old, older, healthy guard that fills in the spot that you had penciled, you know, Cole Madison in or whoever, um, or whoever they take this year, because it's probably, they're probably almost definitely going to take some big uglies early in the draft. So yeah, I think that that would make more sense to me. Can't argue with that. I mean, Muhammad Wilkerson, is that a name that you want? Well, I mean, he's not on that list because no, he's not I know, under but contract. I'm, I know, but I'm like, I'm, I'm asking, is that a name that you want the Packers to bring back? Uh, yes. I'm going to say yes. I mean, he'll be cheaper than he was last time, yep. right? Like, it's zero risk. Bring him much. in. Yeah. He was really coming on before he got that injury. Yeah, you know, he, was he was fine. He was quiet in the, in the preseason, and we were kind of all wringing our hands like, oh, is this a, a waste of a little bit of money? And um, he turned it on in the regular season, and it was unfortunate to see him go down. So I would like to see him get another chance. Yeah. I mean, and I, I guess the real the real, the real real uh, priority has got to be uh, Bashad Breland, right? Like, that's the... You'd think so. I think so. But I feel like the the pulse that I'm getting from from the Packers blogosphere is uh, some some tepid feelings about Breland. I don't know. I like him. From the bloggers or from the team? From the bloggers and the fans. Ah, well, that's dumb. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, look, I like Tony Brown as much as the next guy. I like Tony Brown probably a lot more than the next guy. Always quick to call but, the general public dumb. Ben Foldy. I don't see how you can bitch about the secondary on this team for years yeah. and finally have, like, bitch about the secondary, bitch about free agency, bitch about, like, everything about the way this team was run yeah. that Breland answers in one season and then be like, okay, cool, moving on. Um, like, like, Jair Alexander's great. So is Breland. Yeah, like, more. what is the downside? Anyway. Yeah. I wouldn't say he's great, but he's 
very solid, and they they should want him exceedingly on the team. solid, and yeah. was like the only reason to watch the team in the last five games of the season. You know what? I think that that is the designation. He is exceedingly solid. Yeah, which is great. Much more than you can say about the Packers secondary in yeah. a lot of recent seasons. Yep, I mean that's like teams that are deep in the. Like, D- deep in their secondaries, they have second, third, and fourth guys that are all exceedingly Like, were solid. all of these people being like, eh, I don't care what happens if we side Devon House. Like, I don't think they were, I don't remember that being yeah. a chorus last season, so yeah. I don't understand why that chorus would come up now. Yeah. No clue. Who else? What do we got? Jimmy Graham, I guess, is a big question. <sighs> Jimmy Graham. Yeah, I, I mean, know. that's another one where it's <laughs> like, over it's it. like, do you just kind of see? I think, I think you have to let him try again, and you have to draft a tight end. There's just not much behind him. There's there's not much behind him. What about that big mountain of a man, Big Bob Tanyan? I like Big Bob Tanyan. Yeah. But he's not, you know, with a, again, there's a good tight end class this year, not as good as two years ago. What are the odds that the Packers use a draft pick on someone you think is a good tight end prospect? Reasonable. Reasonable? Right. Yeah. Two Iowa guys. Second round. All right. Could be worth it. A couple of big guys from the cornfields. Also, because I think that LaFleur's offenses like Johnny Smith and came on at the end of last season. Uh, yeah, I think like a good, an actual solid hybrid, like yeah. blocking passing tight end that yeah. I think there are in the draft this year, I think is a reasonable thing for the Packers. Yeah. I think one, for. one thing that will become evident is the, the ways in which Lafleur's tight end usage, uh, will be very different from what we've seen from McCarthy the last few years. Yeah, I mean, like, what was Mercedes Lewis doing last season? Like, there's a lot of question marks about tight end that you're just kind of like, what? And I think that no matter what the... Well, to hear Mercedes Lewis tell it, he was doing what McCarthy told him to do. Oh, yeah, no, 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 I I wasn't blaming blaming Mercedes Lewis. I I mean, he wasn't even on the field most of the time. So I don't understand... To me, that was a like that was one of my favorite offseason acquisitions. And then the Packers were just kind of like, who's that? Like, yeah. I mean, God knows what this team will actually look like in a couple months, but stick around and find out, I guess. Every every few months we'll be back with yeah, a podcast. I feel, I feel like there was some news that we were like, should have gotten oh, I guess we could have talked about the Super Bowl, but that was just garbage. Oh no, man, no. But like, was there no. any oh there's the AA, It's like it never happened. AAF, American Allegiance of Alliance. Football? Alliance. Yeah, the D League. That seemed all right. <laughs> I didn't watch any of Trent it. Trent Richardson was there. Uh, the only thing that I picked up from that was that uh, Hackenberg was awful. There and wait, who's uh, the the one of the Packers starting running backs this season was out there, or maybe last season? Buignon. Buignon. Oh, really? Joel Buignon. Yeah, he was like a practice squad player. Yeah, and he got some reps. Yeah, okay, great. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, good, good for him. Good for him. Jaron Elliott was out there, I think. Really? Mm-hmm. All right, now we're getting into AAF. I think now it's time to polka. The combine is going to be is going to be coming up. I don't think that Tex Western is going to be doing his his usual thing at the combine. He's going to be traveling this year, so we'll do some pre-draft content. Maybe we'll see if we can get Jake Jake Ogden, Seeds of Jake, back on the show. We will rely, as we often do, on the expertise of other people to tell us what to look for in the draft. Because by then, like I won't even know what football is. Yeah. Like it's just. <laughs> It's like a ship getting smaller <laughs> in the distance. Oh my god! Oh, and exhausted. you'll have a move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're like spiraling off the axes. It's true. We're going off. We're going off the rails here. But I promise there will be periodically this off season Packers related content uh, until we uh, all converge 
coalesce as the season gets underway, the preseason and all that. The number of crunchers at SB Nation are like, what the hell is this? Yeah. Like, who are these dudes? And <laughs> these why do we jokers. let them have this? It's just like, well, let me tell you. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why you have us. Me neither. I think that's a wrap. Yeah. All right, guys. We will we will see you next time. I can't tell you when next time will be. Maybe in a couple weeks. At the APC pod on Twitter. That is the best place to to find out when our next episode is going to be. Or better yet, subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. That'll that'll give you a nice little nudge when we have our next episode. Uh, thank you to Ben Foldy, at Ben Foldy, at Zach Rapport, at Alex Patakis, who is not here. Thank you to Amber Watson for making us sound better than we have any right to. And we will see you guys next time on the APC Podcast. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts.